Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Stroud under center. Pierce the back. CJ fakes to give. He has a lot of time. Throws left side of the end zone. Caught. Nico Collins. Touchdown, Houston. All right, there's the call. Nico Collins on the touchdown there. Some big games yesterday for the Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, to kind of watch and see what happened with the uh, games around them and what's going to happen coming up this week. We have an interesting schedule this week. If you want to look ahead for the Buffalo Bills, obviously they're at the Kansas City Chiefs. What I mean is in the NFL week 14. Patriots Steelers. Oh, is that oh, is that the Thursday night game? That's right. That's the Thursday night game. Did you see, Josh, the whole thing with the uh Patriots Steelers and the graphic? I don't know if anybody's seen this. The Steelers and Patriots. There was a graphic on I forgot that was a, that was the Thursday night game. <laughs> because the Patriots got flexed out of the uh Chiefs <coughs> excuse me. The Chiefs Monday night game in a couple weeks. I forgot they were still in this one. Oh, that might be must-see TV. Patriots-Steelers, only because it, it's going to be a defensive, you know, what, watch them shock us all, and it's like a 35-34 game. It won't be, but Patriots-Steelers. So what happened was Amazon was promoting Patriots-Steelers a couple weeks ago, and they put, I think, T.J. Watt on the graphic, you know, the two teams. They put Bill Belichick on for the Patriots because the Patriots have nobody to put on. Who's the quarterback? Mac Jones? Nope. Bailey Zappi? Uh, not anymore. Malik Cunningham maybe comes up. I don't know. You know, but Devontae Parker? Uh, I don't know. Ramondre Stevenson? I, he'd be the only one. Maybe somebody on defense, I guess. So they put Bill Belichick on there. Bill Belichick has a chance. I think this is right. Uh, I can correct my math. I have to look at it. Has a chance to become the losingest NFL coach ever when they come to Buffalo later this year. Has a chance to be New Year's weekend. Bill Belichick could be the losingest coach in NFL history. It's going to happen at some point, right? <laughs> Can I just I just want to refer to him as Bill Belichick, the losingest coach in NFL history. That's all it is, Josh. It makes me feel good to do that. Somebody losingest else somebody edited that graphic with him on the screen and replaced him with the lighthouse. That's not really a lighthouse at uh, Gillette Stadium. <laughs> and I thought that was pretty funny. Like, I don't know, they're just running out of stuff at this point. Bill Belichick is put up there as you know, ah, man, they're in know. for an interesting offseason. But like I said, though, we should actually root for the Patriots to win a couple games because not against the Bills, because I don't think you want them getting Caleb Williams or Drake May. You just never know. You don't want them to get that franchise quarterback. All right, it's the Extra Point Show on a Monday. Sal Capaccio. It's presented by Catholic Health. Catholic Health, the right way to care. By Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. And by Speed Global. Around the corner or around the world, Speed delivers. We have more to get to here on the Extra Point Show. In the meantime, we'll take your phone calls. 803-0550. John and Chictawaga gets us going this hour. Hi, John. Go ahead. Hey, Sal. Missed you last week. Good to have you back. Uh, well, I, I was appreciate gonna it. Say, Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah, I was going to say it's been a rough, we'll say, month for the Bills, but 
I, I was watching the game. You probably saw this, the late game about a month ago out in San Francisco with the Bengals. And they beat the Niners. And after the game, you might have heard this. Uh, Joe Burrow said, we're going to only get better. Stop and think about it. He's been with them. This is his fourth year. He's beloved now in Cincinnati. This is the second season he's been injured. So at least Josh, you got to give Josh one thing. Whether you like him or not, he's durable. He, he hasn't missed a start in, what, five years now? You know, I mean, imagine being a Bengals fan. All those years they went with Andy Dalton and never won a playoff game. They get a guy who can he won five playoff games in two years, and now he's injured again. So things could yeah, be Yeah, I know. You know, I heard – and I heard a, a point someone had made. Uh, who was it? it? Was it might have been Acho? Um, he said Sam Acho said on TV, and it was really interesting. And he can be, he can be a little, you know, I guess polarizing and over the top. But I, I like listening. He he said, you know, if we're going to call some of these quarterbacks injury prone, shouldn't we kind of put Burrow there? Because now it's been a few seasons where he's had these injuries and they're mounting up, and he hasn't finished seasons a couple of times. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Miami went through the same thing, and now that you know, so far he hasn't been injured once. So, if he if he plays the rest of his career uh, Tua without an injury, I will say, oh, I remember everybody thought he was injury prone, and he had a great career. So, you know, I mean, it's funny how guys go through phases, right, physically. And uh, yeah, for sure. Thanks, John. I appreciate your phone call. Thanks for the uh, kind words as well. Let's go to Bill in South Carolina. Hi, Bill. You're on WGR. Hey, how you doing there, Sal? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to relay. Good, uh, my wife and I went up from. We live down by Charlotte in North Carolina, and Raleigh's about three hours mm-hmm. away. So we drove up to Raleigh for the Hurricane Sabres game. And I got to tell you, mm-hmm. it was just like being at an away Bills game with all the tailgating in the parking <laughs> lot. And I love it. Like every tailgate was a Bills crowd, and there were so many Bills fans and Sabres fans in the building. It was just, it was a great experience. It's a great place. And uh, didn't see any trouble, but you know, with all the the, Bill, the Sabres fans there, uh, just wish the not off the ice. Better. You saw some trouble on the ice with that team the other night. Yeah, yeah. Right at the end, there was a fight. Yeah, it was pretty uh, interesting. Yeah. No, I just mean by their play, though. By their play is what I mean, Bill. It's just it's it's disappointing right now. You know what I mean, buddy? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It was, you know there was so much hype and the excitement was. We were there early when the when the place opened up, so we walked around. We, you know the. The atmosphere was great, and we were getting excited. There's so many uh, Buffalo references there that you know the wings and the blue cheese dressing, and the it was just it's just great, uh, great environment. And then of course the the game was so disappointing. They haven't won in Carolina in a long time, by the way, which really stinks yeah. for you people down there, South Carolina, North Carolina, all the all the transplanted Buffalonians who go to these games. And I know there's a lot of people like you, and it just really sucks that they have not been able to have a good showing down in Carolina in a long time. Yeah, yeah. But I just want well, to let you know. Thanks, that Bill. I appreciate the flag I appreciate here. your uh, sentiment and checking in. Yeah, thanks, buddy. I think I appreciate that. Eight oh three oh five fifty, the number to call. Let's um let's get connected with our fans. I got a nice an interesting tweet I want to read to you here. Uh, getting connected with our fans is brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online at Northtown Kia. Dot com. By the way, we are on the uh, WGR Facebook page. I forgot to tell you that on a Buffalo Football Monday. Always just go and you can see the video. Hi, Sal Capaccio here. Good to see you today. And we can, uh, we're can. we always doing that on a Monday. Jeremy. Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Does Liberty deserve to be in the top four? They're 13-0. Of course not, Jeremy. There's got to be some nuance here. They're not in a Power 5 conference. They play in Conference USA. I mean, you cannot 
You, you can't compare the two. Yes, they, they, of course, won every game in front of them. They deserve to be rewarded, not in the same manner as Florida State and the ACC, who scheduled LSU to start the year, not in the same manner as other teams. I mean, those, those arguments, I hear them in basketball, too. It's low-hanging fruit because teams go undefeated. I mean, you at least have to know that they don't play in nearly the same competition on a week-to-week basis. Great for them. I love it. Now, in basketball, it's a little different because you do have so many teams. But if you're going to narrow it down, I mean, we call it the Power Five, and there's only four spots in the playoff. Now, next year, there's 12. And maybe next year, that's, you know, there's your argument, Jeremy. Next year, Conference USA probably, you know, I mean, um, Liberty deserves to be in the top 12 in, in the playoff. I agree with that. But if you're going four, you're not giving me the Conference USA champ that went undefeated. I mean, we got to be a little more smart about this. It's not just a blanket if you go undefeated. There's other teams in other conferences. Does the MAC conference champion deserve to be in the college football playoff? Of course not. If, if they go undefeated, of course not. So, I mean, you could say in a certain year, the Conference USA champ, if they schedule a couple of, you know, Really, let's look at uh, let's look at Liberty's schedule, and then maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they played all these top 25 teams. Uh, nope, 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 nope. No, see, but if you did and they beat them, then you'd have an argument. But that's not the case. So, no, they do not deserve to be. I get, I understand what you're saying, but that's not the same thing. Florida State is in the A C freaking C, and by the way, it's a better conference this year than it has been. It's not great, right? I know it's you know ACC more known for basketball. They also played LSU. They out of conference. I mean, they won their they, they played the 14th ranked team in the country in their conference championship game at a, a neutral site. So, no, it's a it's completely different argument than Liberty. But I appreciate it. And I understand that. And people like me who talk about it, you know, you get caught up in that sometimes. But you have to have some sort of nuance when you understand that and be smart about it. Like I said, thank you for the for the uh, tweet at South Sports, by the way, 803-0550 here on the Extra Point Show. Speaking of the Sabres. Went to the game last night. You know, I, I'm just, I'm really just super disappointed, as so many of you are in this team this year. And we can debate a lot of things about what went wrong. I've seen a lot of that going on, obviously, on social media. People calling whose fault it is. Kevin Adams, Don Granado, this player, that player, goaltending, the way they handled it, injuries. It's probably all of it, right? That's, I don't, I'm not going to just, tell you I think Kevin Adams failed this 2023-24 roster um, but he could have done a better job I think right now we're seeing the additions they made maybe should have been more geared towards helping the offense and even the defense sustain a little bit more on a consistent basis than just thinking hey we got some leaders we can bring them in I appreciate the leadership point I think this team needed more people who've kind of been through the battles and the grind and they went out and got a couple of those but it's kind of showing up now that that doesn't really matter when you need to get a goal, right? And they can't buy a goal. They can't get a goal. Um, That's happened. You thought maybe regression would happen with some of these players. It has, but I do think the injuries are a part of that. They didn't anticipate Jack Quinn not being here, and that probably messed up what you did with Victor Olofsson if you could got something or wherever that goes. By the way, nice penalty shot goal by him last night. Um, The Tage injury obviously hurts. Alex Tuck, now he's hurt. Josh, what's the update on Tuck? Do we have one? Is he giving one today? I know Paul will have that, but I, I don't think he gave one last night, right? It didn't look good, by the way. Yeah, there wasn't really an update this morning other than, you know, just kind of a wait-and-see sort of thing. I guess Tage Thompson has a appointment to see, like, where he's at. So that was yeah. positive. Um, but, yeah, nothing really on Tuck yet. 
I mean, they're they're in the same spot right now. They've basically been every single year for the last few years. That, that's where it is. It's near the bottom of the conference. You know, playing these teams every night, night in, night out, where, oh, you need this win, and you know, well, the playoffs are five points away. If you can get on a run here, four or five, and thinking about that, it's frustrating. It's disappointing. And look, I, I'll be the first to admit, just because of my general intrinsic optimism, right, that I have, I, have, I want to be optimistic, and I think, okay, I think they can do this, and I'm liking what I'm seeing here. It, it's just the way I am. I, I like to try to be that way. Maybe this is, maybe that's the reason, but I felt they'd be okay with how they were going to ride Devin Levi. And I think that was the plan, right? That plan went a little bit sideways. A, Levi wasn't quite as good as even, you know, they thought or I thought he would be. He hasn't been bad. He hasn't been bad at times, right? But not quite as consistently good. No one saw UPL coming to be where he is. But I don't think goaltending's been the issue. I mean, UPL, man, what do you, the first shot last night, I mean, it gets by him on the left side and hits the goalpost and goes in. Yeah, but he gives up two goals last night. You got to score more than two goals in the NHL in 2023 to be able to win. And the only goal they get last night is on a penalty shot. The other thing is, Josh, I don't believe they had a power play last night, did they? I looked at my son. We were at the game. I'm like, I don't think the Sabres have been on power play tonight. They didn't. I don't think they did, did they? Honestly, they probably deserved a couple, but they didn't get anything. So, I mean, that right. kind of hurts. And I'm you. not blaming the officials, but I just felt, you know, the only goal they had was a penalty shot. They had nothing five on five. I mean, they they were having they were getting shots, not necessarily super quality. There's certain times like middle stat the other night can't poke one in from in front of the net. Cousins has a golden opportunity. Um, you know, he 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 can't he can't get it in last night. A, a few times that happened. I'm just disappointed. And if you want to point to Don Granado not using players correctly, I don't know. I'm not ready to go there because I think I've seen enough from this coach that I think he he does do a good job with how to handle this roster, how to handle these guys. A lot of you call in, like last week, and McDermott's only taken this team so far. He's the right coach for this, but he's not the right coach for the next step. I respect that completely based on what's happened so far. I'm not, as you know, I'm not sitting here going, they need to move on from him right now. But I get that point. I respect it. And maybe the same thing, and the argument can be made for Don Granado from a lot of people. And I think I've heard that, right? Which is, good coach for what you need to help develop this talent, to build them to a certain spot. But can you get over that hump? I think those questions have to start getting answered soon. Because this is not a good spot. And this team's stated goal. It's just one thing like last year, even like Granado and Adams have said this. You go back to last year. They have said many times, like that was, I remember an interview with Granado recently where he basically said to Jeremy and Joe, and I think this was during that interview, hey, yeah, the results mattered last year, but it was really more about just getting better every week. Like we, we need to get these guys better. Yeah, you want to win. The results matter. You always want to win. But it really came down to, hey, our expectation was let's keep advancing on. Let's keep getting better because we're going to be in a better spot overall. That's the, that's different this year. They have come out and they have said, basically, that, that our stated goal is the playoffs. Like that, That's our expectation. Our expectation is the playoffs. So that being said, where they are now, I mean, you can lean on injuries. If you're Kevin Adams and go, look, we have lost Tage. We don't have Jack Quinn right now. Um we don't, Alex Tuck been out. You want to lean on that. Matias Samuelson missed some time again earlier this year. You want to lean on that. You can do it. But at some point, he's got to do something, right? Whatever, whatever that is. I'm not sure what that is. I know a lot of you have opinions on that. I don't know. I haven't thought enough about should they make a deal? What's the deal? What are you trying to bring in? Who's out there? These, there aren't generally these kinds of trades anyway on December 4th in the NHL or before Christmas. And those are like deadline deals or, and, and then you got to be in a position at that point. 
you can do it, but you know what? What do you what do you what are you trying to get accomplished? Too identify that first. Identify what the issue is. It's not goaltending to me. It hasn't been like great all the time. UPL was horrible a few nights ago, and you know they they send Levi down the first game back. UPL's like got a position two or three times, but generally he's been good, and he gave up two goals last night. You got to figure out a way to score. It's just disappointing, man. Like, I thought I really thought this team was going to be in a playoff spot. I mean, last year they missed by one point, and I think a lot of us even felt like that was like kind of surprising thinking about how they played, but where they were, they missed by one point. It's a it's regression. It's disappointing. I know the Sabres philosophy, and I I don't begrudge this. I know that it doesn't sit well with a lot of you when you hear this, but it's true. If you've been around sports and you know about you know people getting better and working at their craft and development, they relied on guys taking another step in their own intrinsic development. And that's great, and they have done that. But you can't rely on everybody doing that all the time, and you can't, re- and you can't think that no one's going to have some sort of regression in production, which has also happened. So it's just disappointing, and I don't know... You know, what the answer is, I, I, I think Kevin Adams has done a good job building this roster overall. Overall, I think he's done a really good job with contracts. But something's got to give. This is your, you've said it. Like, you can't now, they cannot, what they can't do, they can't come out on their next radio interview with Granado this week or Kevin Adams' next radio interview with Shopin' the Bulldog. They can't come out and say, well, you know, it's just about getting better. No, that is done. And you have said already, it's not about that anymore. It's about winning. And they're not there. Just disappointed. By the way, good for Devin Levi going down to Rochester. Did he win last night? He, he played again yesterday, didn't he, Josh? I, I know the first game he had the 40-plus saves and won in the shootout and didn't allow a goal. Did he win again a second game? I will double-check on that. But I know the first Sorry. game was electric. Like the the, the yeah. eagle mask in the locker room afterwards. Yeah, I know, right? Internet. I love it. I love it. He looked great. So that's good for him. And hey, maybe this will serve him well. And look, I maybe I'm a fool for if you want to come at me and go, see, Sal, I told you Devin Levi should be in Rochester. I never thought he should. But by the way, he wouldn't be unless UPL was playing the way he's playing or has played this year, because that has been a surprise. I thought Devin Levi would be able to be okay at this level, handle what they were going to give him. I was all in on that. But I'll be honest, it's partly because I just want it so bad. I want it so bad. Intrinsically, again, optimistic, right? Oh, my God. You got this kid. He looks really good. Put him in the net. He looked good when he came up last year and you know, played that handful of games. But not the case. It was but, a close yeah, one, just, but they lost. Uh, it was they did, a okay. four to two loss. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sorry to put you on the spot about that one. But I know that, um, man, I know a lot of you are feeling it too, right? Last night, by the way, went to the game last night. Sunday night game, back-to-back. They lost the previous night and pretty badly. Um, it's getting closer to Christmas. Not a great crowd last night. Um, you know, we're getting back to... I. How many of us have sat here and said we can't wait for that building to be electric again? I thought it would be back by now because it was earlier this year a little bit. But here we go again. I just feel like we're in the same spot. And just disappointing. Just disappointing overall. 803-0550 you want to get get on board here it's the extra point show on wgr let's get to our red zone stats for the buffalo bills our red zone stats are brought to you by tops friendly markets rush to the tops red zone for winning savings no the buffalo bills did not play a game so their red zone statistics did not change this week but their rankings changed based on what everybody else did so let's check in where the bills are ranking wise in the red zone 
by the way, pretty good both on offense and defense. In fact, they're number two in the league in offensive red zone efficiency. So how you figure that? Do people know? Every time you get inside the team's 20-yard line, the number of touchdowns you score versus how many times you're actually there. The Bills have scored touchdowns on 67.39% of their trips into opponents' red zones on offense. That's great. The only team better than them is the Miami Dolphins. And by a wide margin, by the way, Miami 75% on the season. That's insane. That's a great red zone offense for the Miami Dolphins. And the Bills' red zone defense, pretty good. It's ebbed a little bit. Well, it's not as good now. It was. I'd have to go back and check. I think because they gave up, I think they were. I think the Eagles were 4-4. Four for four. It's really dinged them here. 52.63%. They're tied for 15th. So they're about midway in the NFL in red zone defense. So that's got to improve coming out. Uh, the Chiefs had some trouble in the red zone last night against the Green Bay Packers. A big reason why the Packers won the game. With the Chiefs not able to score in the red zone, especially early in the game. But those are your red zone stats for the Buffalo Bills. 15th, tied for 15th on defense in the league this year. They are tied, They are second overall. And you, a lot of you know, I tweet out the Bills' rankings every week on a Tuesday after all the games are played for the week, like where they rank in total yards per game per play, rushing yards per play, passing yards per game per play, points, red zone, all that. I'll do that again this week. It just will, because they will move. They'll move in rankings even though they didn't play because the other teams played, right? Most of them. Inevitably, by the way, I get people who always say to me, the only stat that counts is wins and losses. I know! It's the only one that really counts. Like I said with the college football playoff, right? Only stat that counts. I know, but it's still, these stats are clues, and coaches pay attention to them. Players pay attention to them. They mean different things to them and how they want to, you know, structure what they're doing, what they're doing well, what they're not doing. Those stats lead to wins and losses. That's why I put them out there. Yes, I know that you don't win games because of stats. You win games because of points. I also include that, but that's why I generally like to put it out there, just to show you where they are, where they can improve on, and we'll do that again tomorrow. In the meantime, let's take a timeout. We still have to get a sit-up, stand-down, hey, buddy, here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Sal Capaccio with you on a Buffalo Football Monday. Those guys up in there, got to get it out. Third and 15. Got it away just in time. Is it there? Yes, it is. Down to the two-yard line. Once again, Stefan Diggs goes deep. This for 54 yards. Those guys up in there. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Oh, that was Nance and Romo. They're on the call again this week, by the way. They're on the call again. Are we, Josh, are we getting, are, is that good? Are we getting tired of Nansen Romo? Are we happy with Nansen Romo, Tracy? I Like, I, you know, it was, like was many, many years they never did a game, and now it's like all the time. I, I think it's fun when they're on. They're, like, Nance and Romo are just, you know, they're very, they play off each other very well. I mean, it seems like Romo's kind of, I don't know, slacking lately, but in the past they've been well, a great duo. 
remember when he came in the league, it was all, he's the most amazing color analyst ever. He knows all these plays. Well, he's also been out of the league now for a long enough time where there's been some new innovations and things going on in the leagues. A lot of these RPO things that are happening, and he's not quite as good at that stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. And I think it's also he set the bar so high that now it's like he's got to keep that up or do better, and it's kind of hard to do that because he was great when he first came in. He was predicting plays. He was doing all this awesome stuff. But now it's like, I don't know, it's just it's not – up to what it used to be, so it's no fault on him, really, but it is it is kind of... A I, listen, I, I like Tony. I think he does a good job, but I would also tell you, I don't need my color analyst to predict plays. I don't need him to tell me what's going to happen. I want my color analyst to tell me what's happening and what happened to explain a play. Like, a lot of times, a quarterback, that's that, to me, is the best attribute, especially from a quarterback, as a color analyst, and tell me what he saw, if that makes sense, right? Not... Don't tell me what's happening. Like, oh, this is going to be this. That's fine. It sounds great. But I think the best analysts are the ones that say, hey, let me explain to you what he saw here and why he did this or what happened on this play. Like that to me, like that's I think Eric Wood is fantastic on radio. He does this. And Eric and I have talked about it. it's tougher on radio than it is on TV because you, you got to describe it even more. Right. Eric's great at that. He, he Eric is amazing at explaining like offensive line play, especially, but what kind of play it was, what they did, what they were, what the objective was, why it did or didn't work. Um, I just, I just said to our boss last week, and I think I, I might've said this on the radio last week when I'm on Joel Klatt is awesome on TV. Like I, the Michigan Ohio state game, like I've never really sat down and listened to him. He did the game with uh, like, he just explains things very, very succinctly um, tells you what's happening. But that, to me, makes a great color analyst. It doesn't have to, don't, yeah, it's great. It's really great that you're smart enough to predict plays because you know. Tell me why a play worked or didn't. What was the objective of the play? I think that's what makes a really good color analyst and then, you know, situations. But that said, I, I like Tony. I do. Obviously, like Tracy a lot, uh, see her on the sidelines when they're doing the game. She's great to work with. And, you know, we bounce information off each other. Um, Jim Nance, you know, Ask anybody in the business, in the industry, a fantastic human being, by the way, on top of being great at what he does. They're going to have the game on Sunday, 425 p.m., Bills at Chiefs, another big regular season game in Kansas City. Oh, if it, oh, you know this whole thing, like the Bills always go to Kansas City? We're going to get that again this this week. Like, why are they always in Kansas City? Well, they've played them there because of the schedule rotation three times in a row, but also because they had to match up in the playoffs. The playoffs are just, hey, that's where you finished. That will change next year. So the way it works is for next year, the Bills will play one team from the AFC West next year. One. And that game will be in Buffalo. Whichever team finishes in the same spot as the Bills in their division. The only way they get the Chiefs in Buffalo next year at all, get the Chiefs, is that they both finish in first or they both finish in second or whatever in their division. Right now, if the season ended the way they are, the Broncos are coming to Buffalo next year. The Chiefs would go to the Dolphins. They're only getting one team. There is zero chance the Bills have to go to Kansas City next year in the regular season. Zero. There is a chance Kansas City comes to Buffalo, but right now they wouldn't even do that. It would be Denver. Just for all the people who always say, why does it always happen? The year after that, I think Kansas City is coming to Buffalo. I believe that's how the rotation works. It's certainly not Buffalo going to Kansas City again. I can tell you that. Um... You're going to get some years in a row here now where it's Kansas City coming to Buffalo, not the Bills going over there. And then who see who knows what we're going to see when it comes to the um, to the playoffs. Let's get to our injury update. 
It is our Barnes Firm injury update. Car crash? For help, call 1-800-8-MILLION. For the Bills. So, I will tell you, the Bills did send out a media schedule. Nothing today. Nothing tomorrow. We will hear from Sean McDermott on Wednesday. As I spoke earlier in the program, we'll get Von Miller update on that situation, where that stands with him, that whole you know situation that's going on with him. But, obviously, we'll also hear about injuries and where people stand. The, I think the big one we're all watching here is Dawson Knox. Um, Dawson has been on IR. He is eligible to return. He's had the wrist injury. McDermott said before the Eagles game that even though he was eligible, he probably wasn't quite there yet, and he didn't. That gave him an extra two weeks. So I wonder if Dawson comes back. Now, if he does, you got to make a roster move there, right? The other one, well, there's two actually. You got Daquan Jones. We'll see. He hasn't even been you know, coming back to practice yet. I wonder if that happens at some point soon. Because remember, McDermott did say that Daquan Jones could could still come back before you know the end of the season. It might be a little too premature for that. We're here in early December. It'd be great if that could be the case, but it might be too early for that. The other one I want to keep an eye on, Kyrie Elam. I wonder if they... I Now, my sense is they will keep Kyrie Elam on IR as long as they... You know, can unless they have an injury of some sort, but he is eligible to come off of injured reserve this week, right? I have to think about he was placed on injured reserve November. Let me just do this right. November second, he was placed on injured reserve. Let me just go to the Bills' schedule here and make sure I count the games right before I give you wrong information. November second, he has missed four games. Yep, he missed Bengals, Broncos, Jets, Eagles. Ooh, three out of four losses. It looks horrible when I look at that. Three out of four losses for the Bills. Um, Bengals, Broncos, Jets, Eagles. So he is eligible to return from IR this week if they want to do that with Kyrie. We'll see, though. Like I said, I don't think, unless Dane Jackson hasn't cleared concussion protocol. That's another one we'll be monitoring. Dane Jackson, he was in protocol, but it's been a couple weeks now. So hopefully he's ready, he's back, and he's at practice on Wednesday. 803-0550 if you want to jump on board here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. That is our Barnes Firm Injury Report. Car crash for help. Call 1-800-8-MILLION. Um, all right, let's take a phone call here, and then we'll hit the timeout. We'll come back. We'll do sit-up, stand-down, and hey, buddy. Got a couple of different hey, buddies uh, for you today, by the way. Let's go to Anthony and Kenmore. Go ahead, Anthony. You're on WGR. How you doing, Sal? Um, real quick, I got a question for you. I know it came out that McDermott is 100% safe, but I'm asking you this. In this scenario, the next five games – Let's say that we go out and beat Kansas City, we go out and beat Dallas, and then San Diego, there's like a 13-second Hail Murray, too many guys on the field scenario that ended up losing a game that we should win. Uh, in your opinion, do you think McDermott would still be safe? I'll listen for your answer. All right, let me, just, let me, let me start here with a couple things. You said it came out that he's 100% safe. Uh, Anthony, why'd you hang up on me? I wanted to go through this. I didn't see that. What I did see was Tim Graham from The Athletic did a very nice piece on sources he spoke to, four sources close to Terry Pagula's thinking, who all said, two of them said, no way, zero chance, and two said they'd be stunned. I think that's how it was. But Tim did a really nice job on that. That's not, so that's somebody who's doing reporting and legwork on asking people, but that doesn't mean he's 100% safe. I mean, that's a report from Tim. He did a great job. But so when you say he came out, he's 100% safe. I don't know what you mean by that other than that particular report, which was really well done by Tim to talk to people. That's number one. Number two, holy cow, Anthony, you're giving the hypotheticals here. I mean, they lose in this fashion. They lose in that fashion. I'm not saying it can't happen. But Anthony, you have to answer your own question here. This really comes down to is I'm just going to give you the answer that I've given the whole time. 
Do you really think Terry Bagula wants to make a change? I just don't think he has that. He has that inclination or appetite for that. I don't think Terry Bagula wants to change Sean McDermott. I think Terry Bagula likes the stability this organization's built. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, the way they work together, and he's won a lot. I know. It has not, he has not gotten to the ultimate prize. Hasn't even gotten to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. I get all that. I understand that. People call up, they say it all the time. You're a McDermott defender. I'm not defending him as much as I'm telling you what the reality is, which is, and by the way, no, I would, I would defend him in this regard. I don't think they should make a change. Partly because I'm also scared about what the other side of that is, right? Maybe there is always an argument to be made that maybe they've reached their ceiling with Sean McDermott. I respect that completely from anybody who's said that. I'm just telling you, I don't think Terry Pagula thinks that Sean McDermott, as I sit here right now, should be changed for another coach when he's the winningest coach in Bill's history. He's broke the playoff drought. They've been in the playoffs all these different times. He wins consistently every year. They're 6-6. Six and six. And 10 years ago, we're throwing parties for that. And we're sitting here now going, oh, my God, they should fire everybody. I mean, what a change in attitude that is, right? And I get it. That's the expectation. You have a franchise quarterback. There are a lot of things that you could put on one side. Do a ledger. Should he or shouldn't he? And for the fans, a lot of things on both sides of those ledgers. A lot. Right? Especially lately, close games, things like that. I get it. I think Terry Pagula, probably his ledger looks a lot more in favor of, I'm not doing that. Why would I do that? So, Anthony, to answer your question, I still think you would be safe. I I would never say 100%. If Terry Pagula at the end of the year goes to Sean McDermott and goes, you need to fire this person and that person, and Sean says, I'm not doing that, then you have conversations, and you don't know if you can go forward, because that's happened. It happens every year in football, college, NFL. That's the kind of scenario I think it would take if they were going to move on. Thanks for the phone call. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Sit up, stand down. Hey, buddy, we'll wrap up your Monday on the Extra Point Show. All right. Let's uh, sit up this week on Jordan Love and what he's been putting together. Jordan Love looks good, folks. The last few games, he's looked really good. Now, I am not completely buying in on Jordan Love right now. I still think, hey, you can have stretches here. This is a, a, a player, though, over the last, well, I'd say three games, 67%, 68%, 69%. He's gone 67, 68, 69. He has last three games, what's it, a six, seven, eight touchdowns, no interceptions. They've beaten the Chargers at the Lions, the Kansas City Chiefs. He's thrown for 322, 268, 267. Let's set up on Jordan Love and what he's doing. And this is going to relate to our next stand down. I mean, I'm just going to jump on and pile on the bandwagon here. Can we just stand down on the Aaron Rodgers discussion, hype, whatever it is about? But he was, he's not going to play this year. He's not, he's not going to play. If he plays, it is the stupidest decision the Jets have made, and the Jets have made some really stupid decisions. Why would they do that? They're not going to make the playoffs. Not, this, all, this whole thing about him coming back, I think, was simply to give confidence to their team to play better. So... Aaron Rodgers who left Green Bay, stand down. He's not coming back on all this stuff about all that. This guy is att- I'm giving him the attention he wants, by the way. Sit up on Jordan Love. Let's get to Hey Buddy. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. Hey, buddy. Dudes, you know this dude? What's up, dude? Hey, buddy. Bunny, sit down. Who's my buddy this week? I'm your buddy, guy. He's your guy, friend. I'm your friend, buddy. On WGR. Blue, you're my boy! Sports Radio 550. I got two Hey Buddies this week, all right? 
number one, I, I hope this guy becomes my buddy. I hope he does. Fran Brown gets hired at, to be the head coach at Syracuse. Now, look, I'm saying this because, yes, I went to Syracuse. I follow the program. But I do think it's an important like note here, and it's an important story, that they hired a guy who has barely any coordinator experience, no head coaching experience, and people are like, what are you doing? And look, the reason is he's the number one. He's considered the best recruiter in the nation. This is what it's about now, right? I, I wanted a guy with head coaching experience, but then I thought about it, and they're like, no, this guy's a recruiter. He's going to bring in, yeah, like, you know, that's the name of the game now. you got to recruit high school kids. you got to recruit kids from other schools every single year. you got to recruit your own kids to stay. It's all about recruiting now. It almost doesn't matter the experience you have as a coach, how good of a coach you are, how good strategically you are. Have somebody else do it. You just better recruit the heck out of everyone. I don't love that part about college sports now. I really don't like it. Um, I... In fact, I wish, you know, with all this stuff going on, like you want to recruit a kid, bring him over. I don't know. Can we get to a point where they got to sign something? They got to stay there two years. I know that stinks. It's not, it, you're not treating the kids like you, you know, you're not giving them the freedom you should. I understand. I'm, I, I'm all for the kids having the freedom and these college students and NIL and all that. This is a discussion for another time, which I can't get into more here where I'd like to, but anyway, Fran Brown, be my buddy, recruit the hell for Syracuse, the hell out of it, the heck out of it for Syracuse and win some games. That'd be great. Uh, my other buddy. My buddy, Max, turned 10 yesterday. He turned 10. Hard to believe. 10 years ago, last week, I was sitting in WGR doing a post-game show, and I said, hey, if you hear dead air, I had to rush my wife to the hospital because she's going to go into labor any time now. A week later, we had Max. It's been 10 years. I know I talk about him quite a bit on the air. I've heard from some of you. Some of you love it. Some of you don't love it. Whatever. I'm just going to tell you, thank you for allowing me to share his life and love of, love of Buffalo sports with many of you. I think we can all relate as parents, fathers, mothers, people that grew up loving sports. Like how do you how do you deal with it with kids and things like that? We've all had those stories we've shared, and I've brought that to you. And I appreciate you allowing me to do it, even though you know at times you might not like it. I don't know. I'm just saying thank you. And we had a great birthday weekend, and had a bunch of parties, different things going on. Went to the Sabres game last night. Had a disappointing Sabres game, obviously for him. But you know what? He loves going to Sabres games. He loves going to Bills games. And I love the fact that I can share that and be an open book with all of you. And so many of you have, over the years have said to me, thanks for telling those stories. I can relate. I appreciate that. I also thank all of you for reaching out and saying happy birthday to him when I, I posted some stuff yesterday. So my buddy is my buddy, uh, Max, 10 years old yesterday. We got, uh, it's a Monday. So One Bills Live is up next. In the meantime, Bills Chiefs this week, Sunday. Tomorrow, Joe's got you here on the Extra Point Show. I'll be back on Wednesday. We'll also hear from Sean McDermott as we get back into a Buffalo Bills football week here on WGR.